I'm ready. Are you ready, Rex? I don't know. For Am I ready? The tenth episode. Episode of ten. CPR. So now we can say, go check out our top ten episodes on <laughs> this platform, and people will say we only see ten episodes, and we're like, those are our top ten. Oh yeah, they're the best ones we've done. <laughs> Actually, we do have ones that we deleted, didn't we? The lost episode. The lost episode. Hmm. No one will ever know about the last episode. Except the people that are listening right now, Rex. Really? They're listening to us? That's they can hear us? Stalker level. They're hearing right there. what we're saying right now in oh real goodness. time. You're listening to the fantabulous 10th episode of CPR. My name is Rex. And my name is Josh. I'm glad you guys tuned in for our 10th episode. Woo! Yes, I we wish are. I had one of those party horns that... You can you, add you know, one in later. I will. You're going to hear that and you're going to be like, wow, Rex, you're so good at editing a podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what they're going to say. That's what they sound like, all of them. Oh, okay. So I'm like, yeah, man, we all talk like this because we like CPR. Um, I'm pretty sure you just insulted all of our audience. But wow. anyway. You um, like my voice? For our 10th episode, we are going to give you the greatest gift of all time. It's greatest the moment gift. you've been waiting for. Woo! We're leaving. Bye. Bye. See you guys later. Uh, you thought <laughs> we're back. We just crushed your dreams. Yeah. Um, so to look forward to on this awesome 10th episode of CPR, we're going to talk about a viral video of a doctor and um, talking about hydroxychloroquine Ooh. and uh, some of the data related to said drug. Yes. Um, we're also going to talk about big tech like big twitter tech. google youtube and how their censorship continues and finally we're gonna talk about where could the ice age fit into a biblical creationist young earth viewpoint. yep which is actually really interesting but first as always rex what happened in your week what happened in my week um not too much, and I know I say that every time, yeah. but uh, <laughs> this week was pretty stale. Lots of uh, either, there there was lots of uh, working for me, and then I went to my program for audio engineering, and that, that I enjoy going to. And then after that, it was, I haven't really been doing much other than that. I bought um, a broken game boy and i already have a broken game boy and i was going to try and repair the parts from both of them mm. um but the parts i needed on both were broken on both so <laughs> uh i'm basically gonna have to pay like 60 dollars if i actually want to repair it which is not worth it to me um but yeah and then i ordered a microphone which i'm excited about but that's about it because you can never have enough microphones. I have an obsession. It's bad. <laughs> Rex just has a display case full of thousands oh, of I microphones. Oh, I wish. That would be great. Um, Someday. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well um, so for me, 
I had kind of a lackluster week as well, a little bit. One of the highlights of my week. So I really like the restaurant known as Arby's. Ooh, Arby's. I get the French dip with no Swiss because I don't Fancy. like cheese. Uh, cheese. Cheese. Uh, <laughs> cheese. I don't like cheese for some reason. It's weird. But anyway, so we went to Arby's. And next door to Arby's, there's kind of this vacant. Um, it's it's in the same strip mall. It's just this Arby's in a vacant uh, office. So next Got to it. the Arby's, there's just this empty building. And it intrigued me because I saw some plant decals Ooh. on the um, window and on the door. And I was like, hey, wonder what's in that. So there was no sign or anything like that. So I go over. They're not plant decals. They're just like actual plants growing up inside <laughs> this. And I look inside and it's basically a jungle. Like there are ferns and weeds growing oh everywhere. Um, yeah, so... The builders apparently um, built the place and then conveniently forgot to put in a floor and (laughs) drywall and all this. So we have like an unfinished uh, uh, business next to Arby's. And I'm kind of wondering, not to get anybody in trouble here, but I'm kind of wondering if that's meeting health standards. Yeah. Like, who knows what type of animals are living in that jungle that's next? Weird. That's uh, five feet next to Arby's. Yeah. Um, so I've never looked in that building, so I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you need to look in. It's it's really some, <laughs> it's a, a sight to behold. Indeed. Um, but I mean, who knows what's living in there? It's a portal to dimensions unknown. Well, um, if you have a question or would like to talk to us, um, as always, submit a question to Rex and Josh CPR at gmail.com or at Rex and Josh CPR on Instagram and Twitter. So talking, uh, I, we got a question this past week from my friend Garrett. Um, and he uh, sent me a video, which I hadn't seen before, but apparently it's a viral video it of is indeed. doctors in D.C. at like a, a conference type thing. Yeah, something talking, like 13 million views on Facebook before it got taken down. <laughs> um, talking about the effects of hydroxychloroquine on the coronavirus and how it may be possibly linked to lowering the death rate. Um, so Rex, if you want to post the video in the show notes, yeah, hopefully we'll it won't get there. taken down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll find, uh, two sources. One is a, a main source and one is a backup if I can. All right. So, um, this video is of this, uh, the specific part of, of this Nigerian doctor talking, uh, I think she's from Texas, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, Talking about the effects of hydroxychloroquine, how she has had dealt with 350 plus patients mm-hmm. with um, the coronavirus, how they've had um, asthma, high blood pressure, um, they've been diabetic, they've been like really old and stuff like that. And so these weren't just like no, uh, necessarily uh people who were healthy and stuff but they were people who had pre-existing uh conditions before the coronavirus which unfortunately sometimes complicates things and she talked about how not a single she prescribed to them hydroxychloroquine zinc and zitromax which is an antibiotic Mm -hmm. um and all um she did those three and not one of the uh, her patients has died from the virus yeah and they've all improved dramatically and it's 
it's really something interesting to think about is, well, if this is something that is true, then why is it not being talked about mainstream? What Absolutely. do you think, Rex? I, I think there's a lot of reasons for this. Uh, from what I can tell of this, uh, from what I can tell from this doctor, there it's a relatively small clinic that she has. Um, and so it, she might not be, she's probably uh, just now getting the chance to share this on a wider platform. And uh I don't remember exactly what this this coalition of doctors was. It seemed like it was a a pretty new thing because their their website was set up very shortly before they went up to DC for this conference and it was actually on the day the video went viral their website went down. So <laughs> it seems like it's a pretty small coalition of people, but I don't know that just because of the small size that it necessarily invalidates the points. Oh, it's there's called American Frontline Doctors. Got it. A okay. group of 600-plus medical professionals um, who signed letters emphasizing that hydroxychloroquine has been unnecessarily politicized. Yes. So uh, it's an interesting video, and it's not— um, the one of the things that they have come out and attacked this doctor, she's a pastor as well. Rex mm-hmm. um, took the time to listen to some of her sermons. You want to tell us about um, that? So they've been um, attacking her personally instead of kind of attacking the evidence that she's put forward. They've tried to attack her credibility saying, oh, she's not a competent source. You can't listen to her because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll just break down some of what I what I heard and what uh, people are saying about her. So this woman is a a, a pastor. Um, she she teaches at uh, her church and posts a lot of the sermons to YouTube, which I took the time to listen to. I t- I think two of them. Uh, and from a theological standpoint, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but there are also some things that are concerning that people brought up, and I think. The reason they brought them up is not because they're necessarily trying to, to attack her because of her faith. I think they're attacking um, things that she has said that clash with a lot of what we have in science. Um, she she made a very big ev- emphasis in a lot of things on witchcraft, which I absolutely believe is real and a problem. But I think she assigned some things that have science-based explanations Basically, she ended up making some pretty wild claims about science that I don't believe are true, and a, the greater medical community would generally claim it. I would even say a lot of the people that were on this coalition of doctors with her would disagree with. Um, she made some pretty crazy claims, uh, including uh, I heard with my own ears her claim that there were people in the government that are half-reptile. Uh, She said it numerous times, and it was not a metaphor. It was a literal, there are people who are not fully human in the government. I I think there's a lot to be unpacked here, but the important thing, uh, as brought up by a random guy on YouTube in the comments, uh, I'm just going to read some parts of his comment because it's very long. most credible source. Yes, random YouTube man is my favorite uh, news source. (laughs) So what Mr. Random YouTube man had to say was basically... That um, to everyone else who came here to see if the New York Times claims were true, considering she was at the, consider the fact that she was 
at a gathering of doctors, all of whom were saying similar things, to take one of them and say that she said something crazy, and then use that to attack all of her other claims is kind of an ad hominem. This guy said that basically what she's saying is crazy in this case, but what she's saying about coronavirus and hydroxychloroquine might not necessarily be that out there. Um, it's been claimed... Hydroxychloroquine has been claimed by many doctors and studies to be effective. Studies on its effectiveness were halted when one study came out saying that it was ineffective and dangerous. And so recently that study's been criticized for its methodology, and I'll do some more research and talk about uh, and see if I can find some more about it being cri that study being criticized. But basically he's saying it was criticized and uh, that more studies are being done that might show otherwise that it is actually effective. Yeah, so talking about that study, it was a British study. Um, it claimed to have information from 96,000 coronavirus cases worldwide, worldwide on uh, six continents. Um, and uh, it said that it found that the drug had a higher uh, mortality rate and mm -hmm. increased it caused increased heart problems in patients. Mm -hmm. Later, the study was retracted. So yeah. it's not, it wasn't just criticized. It was like completely said, really? oh, this, I didn't this know is wrong. That. So a uh, study from the Henry Ford Health System, which, I mean, I'm not necessarily an expert in this area, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a study that's pretty credible, I think, um, in Michigan found that the death rate was significantly, uh, significantly is in quotes, uh, cut in a double-blind study of 2,500 COVID-19 patients. So the death rate declined because of hydroxychloroquine in this study, it said. Um the Brazil uh, president just uh, recently, I believe, uh, he was recovering from coronavirus, and he credits hydroxychloroquine with saving his life. Interesting. In Brazil, when they started using that, uh, the death rate was cut to an eighth of what it was. Got it. Um, and the same thing occurred in reverse in Switzerland. Switzerland uh, banned the use of hydroxychloroquine following the British study, I believe. And the death rate increased four times and remained consistent. But like a week later or something like that, the Swiss then revoked the ban and the death rate plummeted to where it was before they put the ban in place. Interesting. Yeah. I took a look at the, um, the FDA's discussion on this. There were four articles that they had about it. And essentially what the FDA said as of, I believe, July 15th um, is that, or maybe it was... Uh, June 15th, but they basically said that there is some evidence for the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine, but that further studies needed to be done because those the evidence couldn't be unlinked from other factors. So they needed to work with a control group, which apparently had not been done at all as of their <laughs> release. So they aren't necessarily saying that it's not effective. They're just saying that the evidence that it is effective hasn't been thoroughly uh, investigated yeah so and it's it's coming on um under a pretty strong attack from uh a lot of uh, people saying that it's not effective it's been proven that it doesn't work yeah in spite of kind of all this evidence um and one of the main reasons is because president trump uh touted it as a possible 
um, antidote to the virus as a possible cure. He didn't. He it was more of a message of hope mm-hmm. um, instead of saying, "No, this is a cure all." But just because he mentioned it as maybe a beacon of hope, it has bec- has come under all of this, all these attacks from the left. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you suppose that even something such as a drug should be so politicized? It's not about the drug. I don't think. I think a lot of people hate Trump. Um, and that's what it really comes down to. I I am not the biggest fan of Trump, as you guys will know from listening to the podcast. But I'm not looking at hydroxychloroquine in light of whether or not I like Donald Trump. I'm looking at it in light of what does something like the FDA say? What do these doctors say? Uh, is one of the doctors a little wacky? Yeah. Are there other sources that are affirming the things she's saying about hydroxychloroquine? not what she's said in the past. Because these sermons that I looked at and watched were five and seven years old. I am very against digging up what people said in the past and using that against them. I'm not saying it's not important to look at your source. Absolutely. That's why I looked to find another source for what she's saying. Um, I I really hate it because people dig stuff up on Twitter and are like, oh, this is something this person said eight years ago. They're a horrible person and should be hated. And like, I don't like that at all, but I, I think I don't actually remember where I started, so I don't know how to end that exactly, but basically look at multiple sources and don't write things off because you disagree with somebody on one thing. Cause like theologically this, this doctor, Stella Emanuel, I disagree with her on a lot of things theologically, but there's also a lot of things I agree with her theologically on. So it's almost like people are allowed to have some things they agree on and some things they disagree on. Whoa, imagine that. Crazy. Um, well, talking about kind of the politicizing of it, um, so this video that we're, we've been talking about has been banned from several platforms mm-hmm. due to um, uh, like Twitter and YouTube. Twitter said, um, let me see if I can find... Oh, it violated the policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask, um, since when are uh, the Twitter executives, like doctors and medical professionals, and that know whether or not this is uh, harmful or not? I mean, they aren't. They, they like to think that they are. Or they like to uh, think that uh, I I don't know what their process is exactly. It's it's a little bit weird. But it it is um, Don Jr. was uh, suspended his account for you said twelve hours, right? Yes, as was um, uh, an j- Arizona chairwoman and several other pl- uh, places too um, for sharing the video, um, just for sharing the video, not even saying, "Hey, this is absolutely hundred percent true." It's like, "Hey, look, this is a video. You should check it out." And they were essentially banned for this period of time, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of concerning in some yeah. aspects. Uh, what do you think about that? I think that it, it's really hard because absolutely I support freedom of speech, but I also think that Twitter is a platform. And as a platform, whether right or wrong, they have a right to decide what is on their platform. So... While I think Twitter might be spreading misinformation by removing what they think is misinformation, they're absolutely, they absolutely should be allowed to do it, whether I agree with that or not. 
I, I don't agree with it, but it, it's their platform. I don't really have a say what they do with it. And on a previous podcast, we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. about um, what can what does this do to Twitter if they start censoring things like that? Mm-hmm. And we talked about uh, how essentially makes them a publisher because if they are um, saying, oh, this is uh, this is wrong and we remove it, they're essentially saying, oh, this isn't wrong, hence mm-hmm. we're not going to remove it, making them uh, which removes the legal protection of being, quote, a forum. Yeah. Which, if they start uh, censoring things or saying this is true or not true, then they are no longer the forum. They are saying this is truth, um, and then they are able to be sued, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. in court because they are no longer a forum. And we talked about that before on a podcast. And I think that that should happen, in, mm-hmm. uh, that their legal protection should be removed because of uh they're starting to censor things like this interesting discussion for sure yeah and also google is has it's just it's not just this video it's kind of conservative voices in general Mm -hmm. so there's a conservative website known as breitbart and so their google essentially removed their home page um from search results interesting um so page traffic went down 99 percent in like uh, a week or so like that wow that's in a very short time and it was because google and and uh removed um them from the search results they made them not available to be clicked on etc and this happened to a couple other websites daily caller for example wow what do you think about google as a search engine being able to dictate oh you get to see this page but not this page type of thing uh politically i mean again it's a platform owned by a company it's their right to do it but it does make things really difficult for us as people trying to be informed if we can't be informed by wherever we want yeah it's a hard position to come from because we've uh, historically speaking we've always come from this place of free speech where we can read books whatever book we want where we can read whatever article we want things like that but when it's coming to this place of uh it's like a library not having a specific book or something like that let's talk i think so it depends on how we define free speech so where I come, where I am coming from, is free speech is you have the right to say whatever you want and not have that right infringed upon by the government. But if you are saying something on somebody else's website, the owner of the website has the right to take that down if they disagree with that or don't want that to be shown on their website. So this is not a matter of the government infringing on your right to free speech. This is a platform that you are actively engaging in taking down something you said because it's their platform. So I think that's a different issue there than the, the our First Amendment rights. Well, that that's not what I was saying. Yeah. Um, I was just talking about just our sense of free speech as because we we kind of carry it over to all aspects of life, how we think, oh, I have free speech because the government gives it to me that way. I can say whatever I want in this restaurant or Mm -hmm. in this movie theater. Fire! Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, Just things like that. And Okay, I see what you're saying. um, Unfortunately, it may not carry over as we think it should. And so we're kind of caught in this, this struggle between, well, we want free expression, but also these people have the right to do this. Where do we find ourselves in that? Yeah. Which is just 
and fascinating subject to think about. It is indeed. All right, so we told you that we would talk about where does the Ice Age fit into the biblical worldview, and I'm taking this article. It's by Michael Oward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this Quite is a name from there. The Answers Book by Ken Ham. Um, Ken, Ken Ham. Which I like it. I'm not going to just read it because that would be boring for you guys. So I'm going <laughs> to try. going to go through the whole book today. Uh, just paraphrase and we can discuss it a little bit later. Cool. So um, inform this, me, Josh. This concept of where the Ice Age is is really interesting because the Bible doesn't necessarily specifically address it. It doesn't. What do we do when the Bible doesn't address something historically like this that science seems to tell us that happened? Yeah. Do we say, oh, no, that didn't happen? Or do we say, oh, it could have happened here type mm-hmm. of thing? And this is a theory that this Michael Ord guy has. Uh, secular evolutionists are going to tell you that, um, or actually they used to believe that there were four ice ages during the past couple million years, you know, just mm-hmm. a couple million just years. Just a couple million. Um, but... In like the 1970s or so, uh, the idea was rejected in favor of 30 or more ice ages oh um, separated by uh, interglacial periods. That's a in quotes. lot of ice um, ages. They could have made so many sequels to Ice Age. I know. <laughs> 30 They've sequels. only done like five. <laughs> they could have done so much more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they say that ice ages were believed to have cycled every 40,000 years or so. But there is a couple problems with that. First, uh, the summer temperatures in the United States would have to cool more than 50 degrees Fahrenheit, accompanied by a huge increase in snow without cause. Like, you ask an evolutionist what caused the ice age, this is in quotes. Although theories abound, no one really knows what causes ice ages. So they have hmm. no idea. They have a couple theories that are really filled with a bunch of holes in them. And also, if it, uh, there's theory if uh, all of the world was basically a giant ball of ice, if there's this universe or worldwide ice age like they uh, talk about, then the sunlight would have reflected off the snow because of it. It's a white surface reflected back into space. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have melted the ice, and we would still be frozen. Oh. Which would, and there would be nothing to melt the ice age, which hmm. is an interesting thing, and we'll be like, then oh. why does ice melt in the sun? Because uh, if there's an ice age worldwide, the temperature would be a lot cooler, and if it's just blankets of snow, then it would reflect off. Got it. Science. But if if you have that background, well, if it wasn't millions of years ago, 40,000 years ago, uh, when was it then? And this guy theorizes that it was right after the Genesis flood, which is wow. a really interesting theory. So he, uh, when the fountains of the great deep in Genesis bust uh, forth, uh, the flood comes, it rains, lots of things. Um, mm-hmm. This guy theorizes that uh, the fountains of the Great Deep were volcanoes, and that Ooh. caused lots of volcanic ash to go into the atmosphere. That's my volcano noise. We, we are both volcanoes, and you guys had no idea. Volcanoes of information. <laughs> um, and because of all of this ash in the atmosphere, 
the sunlight would have reflected off the ash back into space, which would have caused global decrease in temperatures, hmm. um, which could have caused um, generally a cooler climate. Intriguing. And then eventually all the the after, this guy says, about 700 years after the flood, everything would be back to normal because okay. all of the atmospheric ash would have dissipated um, and things like that. Okay. Um, and he also theorizes that one of the reasons that the Bible doesn't mention it is because it might not have affected the um, Israelites mm-hmm. uh, being in uh, pretty close to a warm climate and uh, yeah. sometimes the desert there. They would have maybe seen a little bit more snow on some of the mountains, and that's it. Yeah. And it would have just been a lot colder in some of the northern and extremely southern parts. Okay. Which is... Um, so it wasn't total global coverage in ice. It was just key areas, I guess. Yeah. And this is this guy's theory, um, which I'm not saying is 100% true. Cause but it's an interesting theory. I'm not God, obviously. Wow. Um, and neither is Rex. I'm not, definitely. Uh, but it's just something just fascinating to think about it is fascinating indeed with that i thought we could turn to our peer questions where did i put that oh here it is um so uh like i said garrett sent in a question about the video and so we made that into kind of a main segment like we did with philip last week two weeks in a row yeah so you guys keep on sending in great questions how are we doing on time we're doing great on time we're doing great on time all right so we have a question from amanda and uh, she says i have a two-part question for you guys what is your favorite song from when you were little go rex oh boy um i i didn't really take a uh a deep dive into music until i was probably 14 or 13 or 14 um i it was very casual in my music listening before then um but i'm probably going to have to say that uh my favorite song when i was little was tonight by toby mac that was my jam Hmm. i don't think i've heard that one no it's a pretty good one it's one of his more rock oriented songs which is kind of why i liked it pretty good stuff what about you i liked um a song called lead me so you know there are a lot of songs called Mm -hmm. that um, and I don't remember who it was by. I was going lead me with strong hands. Oh, yes. I remember that one. Uh, that was, I don't know. I just found appeal in that. also liked uh, the VeggieTales song from Josh and the Big Wall. Keep oh. walking, but you won't knock down my wall. Is it because um, uh, your name is Josh? And it might be because my wall. name is Josh. And by the way, don't make fun of me because I can't sing. That's okay. Neither can I. We're both non-singers, but we do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Make people suffer. But yeah, I like I liked those two songs. Also, in my middle school years and up until recently, I really liked Everything Was Awesome from the Lego movie. You mean Everything Is Awesome. What'd I say? Everything Was Awesome. It's still awesome, Josh. Oh, Everything Is Awesome. Don't forget that. Uh, so that's that's um, those were some of my favorite songs. Back in the day... And so Back the second the second part of this is, what is your current favorite song and why? Uh, I listen to so much music that I cannot pick a current favorite song. Um, 
because I just I love so much different music. I listen to a lot of metal and rock, and I listen to folk music and hip hop, and so I I just love a lot of different songs for different reasons. But uh, I've been listening to a lot of the Avett Brothers recently, and I like their song "Open Ended Life" a lot. That one's pretty good. Man, so you're a jack of all trades, you know? That's me. Um, for me, I like there's this one that I've been introduced within the past year it's called throne room song Ooh, and good song. it's a it's a pretty good worship song and i also like alleluia by jesus culture um which is another great worship song it so. is indeed it, i i'll be a good christian share my favorite worship song uh, wow you pagan <laughs> <laughs> i uh i really like um beautiful things by gungor and higher throne by king's kaleidoscope those are both wonderful songs and remember guys to submit questions to oh, yeah. rex and josh cpr at gmail.com or at rex and josh cpr on twitter and instagram thanks for joining us for this awesome 10th episode thank of you guys so CPR. much for all of the support that you've given us on these past 10 we're looking forward to maybe even 10 more episodes yeah if and- you guys can hang in that long <laughs> Our audience is not happy now. They're like, no, not more. more. We don't force you guys to listen to these. So the fact that you come back is really uh, revealing about your character. Wait, Rex, you don't force your friends at gunpoint to listen? No, I. Uh, it's sword point. Oh. But they can run away very easily. Um, I use guns. Wow. Very intimidating, Josh. But thank you guys again for listening. We really appreciate that. Please send more questions. And... All right. Thanks, guys. See Bye. you later. Bye-bye.